how do you tell where the sky starts or when the sky starts or where it ends? Just how do you know where the sky is? How do you tell that? It's just something that I have that is a question that I'm curious about. It's, yeah, you look up at it and it's, it's like, where does it start? Where does it end? It's pretty infinite. It's funny how we think of it as up. Yeah, like so far away. We're like already in it. What is in between the ground and the sky? Nothing. Us, maybe. Whatever is up in the sky always somehow seems beautiful, no matter what it is. If it's a thunderstorm or um, rain or sunshine, there's something beautiful about the sky and the possibility and what it can provide uh, for all those people down below. Sky warm sunny clear beautiful sky represents the heights of the goals i'm trying to reach i don't think about the sky much um i don't really take a moment to look up at the sky at all um i'm just too busy like looking down surviving <laughs> um but I'll, I'll be grateful for the day when I have the luxury of looking up though I am curious about when the sky begins and ends like what is your definition of sky I know for a fact that we all look at the sky differently I think of the sky as a sacred sort of sheet that covers us all and it, it connects everything and everyone on the planet together and it's it's ephemeral and it's hard to grasp and it feels impossible to define and it's never the same it's constantly changing but it's always there. That's the one consistent thing. The sky is always there. I picture an infinite swirl above me, wide open space that never stops moving and shifting and morphing. See nothing but sky. And giant clouds like ships and battalions and parades go strolling by, gliding by, Shifting in layers, gray over white, sharp little white pricks of clouds with streams of something darker underneath. And then that brilliant, brilliant blue with these explosions of the deepest, richest white standing like mountains and then slowly moving across. And it's so funny how you can look at the sky and it can seem totally still. But you look away and you look back just a moment later and it's completely changed. So when I look at the sky, that's the main time that I am just completely taken aback (laughs) by how much... um, stuff there is in the universe and how incredible it is and how it must be so completely different from anything 
that I know. Like there are whole landscapes and life forms out there. And um, I like to imagine, like, often it starts when it's nighttime and I see the moon and I see the craters and I'm like, oh, what would it be like to be on the moon and the craters jumping? And then I imagine what it would, you know, like feel like, like the moon dust and what it would smell like. And I realized that I, you know, obviously wouldn't survive for very long, <laughs> literally there, but if I somehow could, um, without a suit, what would that be like? Um, and then the same for if I was, then, you know, I start looking at the stars and I'm like, oh my God, what if I was circling around that star and getting close to the fire? And like, then I often think about like Jupiter and that red area on it and, you know, the storms and being in the middle of a storm and having it circle around me. And, um, yeah, just like these specific, like sort of sensations in my body of what it would feel like to be in all those places. Um, it's so, uh, it's just so incredible and so not me sitting, eating my lunch, <laughs> looking at my sock toes, but I guess that's also incredible in its own way. Ah, uh, yes, the sky. Usually we have a grand old relationship. I love the sunshine, moonbeams, sunsets, snowfalls during wintertime, and sparkling stars. However, there is one little oddity about me that rocks this relationship, and that is my fear of heights. Ever since I was a little girl, I would go up on a mountaintop or onto a balcony, and I was convinced that if I looked straight up into the sky, eye level was fine. If I saw the horizon, no big deal. But if I looked straight up into the sky, I was convinced that I would get sucked up into it and that gravity would no longer exist. And I am still this way. I know this because I just went hiking and the same thing happened. If I tilted my head 180 degrees upwards, I was convinced that I was going to be shot straight to space. And um, I know that uh, this is weird and it's not like I think I'm going to get abducted by aliens or something crazy. But it's just something that my body is convinced is going to happen. And what's really ridiculous is that I am totally fine stargazing and making shapes out of the puffy white clouds at ground level. But if I'm high up, oh no, science doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> just panic. Sheer panic. So that's me in the sky. I used to have this recurring nightmare where I was in outer space and I was able to jump between planets, but I would very frequently miscalculate my jump and leap too far, too fast, and would end up floating into the nothingness of space forever and ever. Um, my carelessness dooming me to an eternity of the void. Even the stillest of days dissipate and crawl along and become something subtly different. The clouds reconfigure themselves as stringy, hundreds of miles long wisps, gray looming heavy weights, pink and orange cotton candy, waves of clouds, cloud walls, thin mists that so completely cover my world that I forget I'm actually in the clouds. 
My memories of this guy are mostly attached to camping trips, the times I've carved out to slow down and look up, or when I'm away from the distraction of tall buildings and people and objects on the ground. I remember looking out over an open expanse in Lake Naivasha, Kenya, seeing many different mountain ranges in the distance and the widest, most open sky I'd ever seen. It was like standing at the edge of the ocean. I remember thinking the hot, red, smooth blobs of cloud in central Washington looked like some liquid that aliens had formed in the sky. I remember the overwhelming number of stars and relentless activity of shooting stars, satellites, and noticeable rotation of the night sky laying one night in my sleeping bag outside. These memories are all connected to a feeling of wide open time. Instances where I've been able to be totally present and watchful and open to noticing. When I close my eyes and think of the sky, I think about shades of blue, the washed out kind, like chambray fabric, kind of like a translucent pale blue. I think about horizon and like pinky sunsets and wispy clouds and asking people around me if there are what they think the flavor of it would taste like. I think about trying to get lost in it. When I close my eyes and think of the sky, I, I see blue picture with clouds. I see sunrise and sunset. I also think of vastness. When I was a kid, we went to the northern part of the Philippines, on the mountain areas, where you see the, the mountains reaching or kissing the clouds. It's so beautiful. I feel happy and hopeful and also dreamy every time I look at the sky. I first learned about sun dogs from my grandma and I had never seen one until maybe five, five or six years ago. I was riding my bike home from work and I looked up and I saw my first sun dog. So I called my grandma to tell her and it felt like a special thing that we could share together. And yesterday while I was riding my bike, I looked up and I saw a sun dog and it reminded me of my grandma. Um, she's 92 and lives up in Snohomish, and I haven't seen her for a while because of the pandemic and the quarantine. So it just reminded me, like, I, I should give my grandma a call. Sky, Asamun, Seper, Albi, Blue stars, cosmos, just a few of the things that come to my mind. I think of the sun. I think of my drawings of the sun in the corner of my paper when I was a kid. I think about the sun with the face of a baby like it is in Teletubbies. I think of Montana or Wyoming being the big sky country. I think of blue. I think of gray. I think of the color of the sky is sometimes in the northwest that 
is somehow the absence of color. Like it's not even white or gray. It's just colorless. Halos form around the sun or moon when the light that we see passes through ice crystals. It's really common, actually. There's such a thing as a moonbow. It's like a rainbow formed by the moon's light instead of the sun's light. The light is too weak to create colors for us to see, so we'll only see a faint white bow. And I love watching the moon roll around the sky, but I'm a moon child, so I've always felt that that was my planet. It was all centered around the question, why is the sky blue? And we all moved around the room shouting this question and uh, speaking whatever answer came to mind. Look at an airplane. An airplane? Uh-huh. Oh. So from the airplane, you have yarn, yarn coming out of it. Looks like it's going pretty fast. Mm-hmm. How many lines does it have? I don't know. Maybe two. Maybe two lines. I think, because I see two lines at the beginning. When I think of the sky, I always think of like clear blue skies with um, perfectly poofy clouds like it would be in a cartoon or something. Um, or what you would see painted on top of a... Um, a ceiling. I was thinking about how I've been to Caesar's Palace in Vegas and how they have those fake skies of beautiful blue and clouds up on the sky. And I think that's where my mind goes when I close my eyes and think of it on my own. I don't think of the thunderstorms or I don't automatically go to a night sky. Um, But if I think about a night sky, um, one of my memories is that I, I love... I love the nights when I kind of go out with the kids and we go and we see what constellations we can find or see if we can see a satellite going across the sky or what's a plane and and kind of seeing the possibility in the sky. I really enjoy um, the unknown of the sky, the things that are out of our reach. I'm looking at the sky right now at 10 o'clock at night, Pacific time. I can actually feel like I just hear the sky more so than see it and hear some kind of distant plane like a rumble it doesn't sound natural um the sky is kind of like a still light from the sunset even though it's 10 o'clock not quite dark kind of like a washed out tie-dye I can still hear fireworks, which is still happening. Just not the sky. I'm going on a tangent. It feels... It's so corny, but I always think about when I used to tool around in Photoshop growing up and just, like, playing around with, like, tools and filters and renders, and they had, like, a sky-like brush or tool and that's honestly kind of what it feels like I'm looking at which is kind of stupid to reference something artificial to like superimpose it on the natural sky but that is honestly what I'm thinking about right now the air in our sky consists of about 21% oxygen which is kind of interesting when you think about how we often refer to it as oxygen Uh, where I grew up 
there were these, it was out in the country, and you'd go outside at night, and the stars were this immense expanse of stars. I remember that, looking up at those. Sometimes I would lay upside down, and it's the first time I can remember seeing that the sky was round. Mm. Like, you, it looked like a bowl. Mm-hmm. It looks like a bowl when you're upside down, I think. Mm-hmm. Looking up at the sky at, at night, and I was a kid, and the clouds were moving so fast across the sky, and there was a big, huge moon. And I remember thinking I did not know that clouds could move that fast. I'd say in the night sky, I feel most connected to the stars as guides. And I love knowing that we all look at the same moon. There's a common sky for all of us, regardless of what, where we are. At some point in time, we are looking at the same sky that maybe 12 hours ago I was looking at and now this person in another time zone is actually looking at it. And also regardless of the time zone, truly there's just one sky that all of us look up to. And, and I always think of it that way. And, and for me, it's so amazingly beautiful that that is a reality for all of us. I think of the night sky, I think of stars. I think of the time when I was a kid, I was looking out of my window at night and I saw a spaceship, a very large spaceship that was pretty low overhead. Now I was like five or six, so I don't know if I actually saw it, but I have a pretty vivid memory of a spaceship. And I kept calling for my mom to come in and also look at the spaceship to verify that it was in fact a spaceship. But by the time she came in, it was gone. I think of aliens. I think of how they're my biggest fear. I think of them hovering over trees in a spaceship. I think of shooting stars. I think of all of the constellations, the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper. I think of clouds, alligator lizards. That's what I think of when I think of the sky. There's also the night sky, the stars, and the spring before we all got locked down. I remember being fascinated by Venus because it was sitting in the western sky every night and it was very, very bright, kind of a yellow-white bright. And I just thought that was amazing that I could be here on Earth and look out and see a planet that's millions of miles away, billions of miles away, maybe just millions, hundreds of millions. I can't keep it straight. They say that soon, or maybe even now, starting at 11 o'clock at night, if you look southeast, you can see Saturn and Jupiter. So I'm going to look for that. When I think about the sky, I think about the clouds in Tucson, where I grew up. Because in Tucson, unlike a lot of other places I've lived, I feel like you didn't have blue days and gray days. You would have the blue days, the clear skies, but what I remember when it rained were the monsoons in the summer. And that's when you get the, just the big clouds that would move across the sky and from 
far away because the horizon was so far out you could see the rain falling from them when they were far away or I remember when you'd be in a car and you would drive through a spot where one of those giant clouds was above and the raindrops would just hit the windshield like big fat juicy bugs and then would just splatter those are raindrops I don't feel like I've seen since I've left there out in Boston or up here in Seattle you know you get mist you get haze um, sometimes you get heavy rain but it's a large volume of little drops but in Tucson it was just those big squelchy drops of rain I have this memory of driving across the country for the first time it was the year after I graduated school and we were driving through the Midwest we were driving through Michigan actually um, around like 8.30 at night during the summer and it was still a little bit light out, but I remember I was driving my Camry and kind of like hunched over the wheel and my eyes glued to the sky and just screaming because I had never seen such expansive sky before, like no sense of ending. Because I grew up outside of Boston and all my life I just kind of knew where the sky ended because of buildings. Um, and driving in Michigan, thinking about space and the endlessness of it, and it just I just never seen so much space around me, and it was so humbling and beautiful, and I felt so small in a really good way, and it felt really powerful. And I thought about what kind of person I might have been if I grew up and was around this feeling of spaciousness all of my life instead of confinement of boundaries of limits um yeah I think about that being my first like epic sky memory and just always wanting to chase that feeling um yeah I think of those frequent gray hazy mornings where it hasn't quite decided which direction it's going to go it's not blue, it's not stormy, it's not cloudy, it's just kind of reticent and sleep drunk, often how I feel when I first get up and I'm not really ready to face the day. And it just is reminding me that it's easing its way into things and it's okay that I ease my way into things, at least until I've had that first cup of coffee. I like those days best when there's still time to decide and you don't have to rush to get anywhere, but you can just kind of ease into being. Looking at the sky, um, it's definitely a cloudy day. Uh, the comfort I felt as a child on cloudy days, especially like in my, in my first and second home, made me feel whole. But now as an adult, these same cloudy days are dangerous in these same homes during this time, of course. If I were to explain that, basically it's, there's a huge difference between 
being alone and being lonely. And it's in my eye and I dance. There's a lot of, there's no, there's not, there's not many clouds today. And it's just a clear sunny blue sky. I see one cloud. I said only a few. <laughs> you know what it looks like? What? A fish. A fish. I think so. A, a fish that's swimming pretty fast. So on a car trip with a friend, we saw a big cloud in the sky. And we had both pointed it out, but I had pointed it out as a dragon, and he had pointed it out as a rabbit. We were both so confused because it was like this, just this one big cloud. So we were all confused. Do you know any facts about the sky, or could you make one up? Um sky is blue because of <laughs> the way our eyes perceive the light. That sounds right. It does. Everything always comes back to echo the dolphin and echo the tides of time. The perfect game from Sega Genesis. When echo goes to the bright future, the dolphin realizes that all future dolphins are these glorious, resplendent creatures with much longer, flowy tails, and also, for some reason, the ability to fly through the air, which makes no sense for a sea creature, but what a fantastic future. Um, they also have the ability to use their psychic powers to have Echo the Dolphin float along with them. There's a sky tube system, which is like an interstate of floating jelly water all through the air that allows you to travel long distances around the earth. And while Echo is using the sky tubes, he encounters a giant, giant sea creature, the largest, most terrifying jellyfish that you have ever seen. It's a battle that scored with like heavy metal guitar in the middle of this very ambient moment. It's probably the source of many a child's nightmare that ever played that game. And yet it's one of the most fantastic future ideas to think that there is this beautiful, beautiful scenic byway through the sky with these hyper-intelligent dolphins and sea creatures to accompany you. I think of something my seventh grade teacher, Miss Otranti, said. Uh, she told us a story about the first time she understood the vastness of the sky. She was young and had a pet bird. The bird got out one day, but my teacher thought, oh, it's okay. I'll just look for him in the sky. It won't take long. But then her parents told her that there was more sky than what she could perceive from her own backyard. It's poetic in a sense, but I was 13 at the time, and I remember thinking, that's hella dumb. The sky. My window, uh, my window in my bedroom, when I lie in my bed, I look up and I can see the top of the roof right next to me, and then this big patch of sky and... Uh, right at the end of June, it was so gray. So my window were just these huge gray patches of clouds. And I woke up very early, maybe six in the morning, five or six in the morning, and it was already light out. And 
I stared up at these big gray patches of clouds and my mind was slipping in between sleep and waking and I dreamed that those big gray patches of clouds were giant zoom screens for a meeting that I was a part of. When I woke up this morning it was all white and I was uh, doing my exercises in this space where I have a skylight and then a window that runs alongside and it was uh, this white all around me and that can sometimes make me feel trapped like I'm in some kind of padded cell and there's no penetrating it and no hope (laughs) but it occurred to me in a really kind of weird way that it's the white of the moon and it's the white by extension that uh, Steve Jobs uh, created or demanded when he made all of his equipment, that sort of solid, pure kind of white with a little bit of gray in it that kind of makes your imagination go to different places. It's like a opposite of a slate. So when I look out right now and I see this this sort of quiet um, rivalry going on between pale blue sky, stretched out white clouds, patches of gray. I feel hopeful and expectant because it could go either way at this point. And when I see rays of sun coming through, I think, yes, maybe we're winning (laughs) Um, in a time when things are a little bit unpredictable and we can really feel out of control. And to know that the sky has its own mission that we can't even begin to pierce because the sky, the heavens, the universe are all going to do what they want to do. No matter what we think we can do. Um, when I close my eyes and think of the sky... I see a very clear blue sky with two white clouds towards the center and one's on the left side, one's on the right side. They're both flat and they look very similar and the one on the right is slightly lower than the one on the left. How does the very top layer of the sky block ultraviolet rays? I've always wondered, um, why can we see clouds and why are they white? And why do clouds turn gray when there's a lot of water in them? When I look out at the sky, um, the sky seems warm and comforting. Is a turning point of what's to come and the energy shift is always new it's like a new pace sometimes it's peaceful to chaotic or the other way around um or anyway differently um but everything just like stops for a second for the sunset it's either like i smell the sea on alki beach after a friend's barbecue or the ass whooping that's waiting for me coming home from after school activities. <laughs> uh, 
the sky is on its way towards sunset. There's a lot of light everywhere, but the sun, I think, is close to being below the horizon here. A moment ago, the colors I saw were mauve and salmon and this kind of bright gray that dispersed itself over all of these very sunsetty colors, purples and oranges and pinks. Now everything's a little bit more gray with a type of light yellow, an off-white, an off-white that's a little yellowish. Most of what I see is clouds. And they are rain clouds. And the rain is passing. <gasps> rain is sky, rain is sky, rain is sky, rain is sky, rain is sky. Wet, wet, wet. Cloudy sky. Cloudy sky. Sad. Lonely. Thunder! Thunder! Lightning! Storm cloud sky. Scary. Scary. Sunny sky. Beautiful sky. Clear sky. I love my sky. This is a poem written by Naima of Climbing Poetry. It's called Being Human. I wonder if the sun debates dawn some mornings, not wanting to rise out of bed from under the down feather horizon. If the sky grows tired of being everywhere at once, adapting to the mood swings of the weather. If clouds drift off, trying to hold themselves together, make deals with gravity to loiter a little longer. I wonder if rain is scared of falling, if it has trouble letting go. If snowflakes get sick of being perfect all the time, each one trying to be one of a kind. I wonder if stars wish upon themselves before they die if they need to teach their young how to shine. I wonder if shadows long to just for once feel the sun, if they get lost in the shuffle, not knowing where they're from. I wonder if sunrise and sunset respect each other even though they've never met. If volcanoes get stressed, if storms have regrets, if compost believes in life after death. I wonder if breath ever thinks of suicide, if the wind just wants to sit still sometimes and watch the world pass by. If smoke was born knowing how to rise, if rainbows get shy backstage, not sure if their colors match right. I wonder if lightning sets an alarm clock to know when to crack, if rivers ever stop and think of turning back, 
If streams meet the wrong sea and their whole lives run off track, I wonder if the snow wants to be black. If the soil thinks she's too dark, if butterflies want to cover up their marks, if rocks are self-conscious of their weight, if mountains are insecure of their strength, I wonder if waves get discouraged crawling up the sand only to be pulled back again to where they began. If land feels stepped upon, if sand feels insignificant, if trees need to question their lovers to know where they stand, if branches waver at the crossroads unsure of which way to go, if the leaves understand they're replaceable and still dance when the wind blows. I wonder where the moon goes when she is hiding. I want to find her there and watch the ocean spin from a distance, listen to her stir in her sleep, effort give way to existence. Sometimes I'll see a really, really sunny day where it's just all the trees are really green and there's lots of clouds um, and it's just really sunny. And, and then another one is where it's really stormy and then all the sky is gray and all the clouds are like uh, more black than normal gray, but it's just really dark out. I want to know what like a bird's conception of sky is or how they relate to earth. They kind of make a distinction like we do because like we can't on our own without technology get into the sky. I see um, people using planes to go in the sky. Kind of how we get to use that to go through multiple types of terrain and cross big oceans and We've advanced as humans. When I was a little girl, mommy, my mom and I would look at the sky, especially when the color is not the usual blue, especially when it's kind of like red or orangey or it has some that kind of color you in it. And my mother would say, sometime in the future, People are going to live in the in the sky or in the moon or in whatever planets there are. And then I would respond, and I was a little girl then, I would say, Mom, that's not possible at all. And then my mom said, No, you watch Flash Gordon. And in Flash Gordon, for you kids, you may not know it, but it's a, a TV series where um, it's almost like the equivalent of Star Trek. So my mom would say, Flash Gordon, it shows that you can travel in the sky, go in other planets and things like that. And now many years after, I reflect on that kind of conversation. And yes, she was right. We have traveled to the moon. Um, we have a space center. Unfortunately, the space program um, got stopped. But we were able to prove that, in fact, that is something that can be done, something solid, something that we really see as a reality. So when I look at the sky, and the sky has this not-so-usual color, 
I think of that. I think of how as a young girl, I felt the impossibility of that concept happening and yet many years forward, it is indeed something that can be done. When I look at the sky, I kind of feel like hopeful that we keep like we're in quarantine right now and that we can go um and just be out in the sky kind of in the world that's what i think of when i look at the sky and you're kind of hovering above the cloud line is that still sky um you're in the sky at that point yesterday i took some uh random illicit some substance that I won't uh, divulge too much information into but it was my first time taking said substance and um, I definitely was struck uh, very much so by this guy and I I will say in both a positive and a negative way and um, something that kind of came to me that has never really come to me before was just how like awesome and beautiful and also terrible the like golden kind of radiant powerful presence of the sky is um it's such an amorphous thing but in that in that moment you know normally I guess it feels very amorphous and vague and like what even is it (laughs) it's very hard to feel um like it's tangible at all but uh Yesterday, I guess I was definitely feeling a presence from it, um, a very significant sort of archetypal type presence from it that was both yeah, just both positive and negative. Definitely felt afraid and in awe. I guess I invite you to hold both fear and awe simultaneously. I think about being a little girl and laying out in the backyard with my sisters for what seemed like hours and hours playing the cloud game. (laughs) And in Louisiana. (laughs) clouds are so high and puffy and on a good day where there's a lot of them and you feel like you could stay out there forever playing that game good morning it's Friday I'm in Louisville, Kentucky and I'm looking at the sky in my backyard I just stepped out to water the garden and it makes me feel hopeful. Um, Hopeful that I'm gonna have a good day despite my anxieties about whatever. (laughs) Um, There's a bird in the sky. The clouds are soft and fluffy and there's some darkness and some lightness and 
they look pink and white and it's beautiful and I could just stand here and not do anything and that would feel good too if I was just looking at the sky I wish we could live in there you know I wish we could just jump in like we could in a lake or an ocean and just feel, feel it all on our bodies and in our souls. Well, the sky in Seattle is so interesting um, because of for so long for so many months the cloud cover is low mm -hmm. and makes you feel very small yeah and I think about on those days when it's clear all of a sudden after so many overcast days and you are driving and you get to the top of a hill and you see the mountains and you forgot they were there yes. and you're like oh my god there's mountains all around yeah and it, it kind of, because it's so cloudy all the time, it kind of keeps you grateful because you get surprised still by how beautiful it is. Oh, that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> Isn't it's not how you look at it? No, no. I've, <laughs> I like it. Anyway, I look at it. It's so beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. So, you know that Jimi Hendrix song that's like, Ooh, foxy lady. Um... So there's this one line that goes like, excuse me while I kiss the sky, do, 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 help me. Um, and the words are, excuse me while I kiss the sky. Um, but I, I remember, I remember listening to this song in like eighth grade and thinking that Jimi Hendrix was saying, excuse me while I kiss this guy. And I was like, oh my God, I had no idea that Jimi Hendrix had this like secret life as a, as a homosexual and um, like as a budding young queer myself, I was like, this is um, like such a beautiful song about liberation and um like taking a break from your everyday like quotidian um living to just like actualize your dreams like excuse me wait a minute i just need to kiss this guy and like i had i had felt those feelings as an eighth grader moving through the world of like hang on wait a second can we just make out right now um so yeah, it was kind of a disappointment at first when I realized that the lyrics were actually excuse me while I kiss the sky. Uh, because then I got to dream about kissing the sky. And I laid on my back and I was thinking about kissing something at a distance. And then that the sky is like really high up, but it's also like right in front of your lips when you're lying on your back. So I took a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And I made out with the sky. 
And I've been thinking about that a bit lately as I've been sometimes imagining kissing faraway people. It's like a sweet little ritual that I've been having fun with. Excuse me while I kiss the sky. When I look at the sky, I actually feel calm because I feel like when I am looking at the sky, I have to stop and that's kind of hard for me. What about you? Um, when I look at the sky, I feel, I don't know, actually, um, probably same as you, calmer. Do you look up a lot? Um, not as often. Okay, let's look at it now. It's really clear. Mm -hmm. Do you know any of the names of the clouds? Cloud. <laughs> okay, I remember we had to learn it one time. I remember cumulus. I think that's the one that looks like a cotton ball. And there's stratus. I think that's a long one. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> I used to always wish I could like be on a cloud, but when you go up into the clouds, it doesn't look the same, huh? Mm-hmm. I always imagined they would be cotton candy. That's what everybody else told me. <laughs> <laughs> they turned out to not be cotton candy. Oh. It's kind of weird. It doesn't, it's not blue-blue today, but it's, but blue and white. Yeah, it seems kind of weird. Oh, birds. But all of that noise kind of disperses into this. Spaciousness. The other day I saw a circle in the midst of all these different kinds of clouds. It was a perfect circle. And right in the middle of it was another kind of cloud, like a grayer cloud. And then a swoop like a smile. And I stared and stared at it and wondered how that could be. And it looked so permanent. And I looked away for a moment, and when I looked back, it was completely obscured. Not at all what it had been just a moment before. I've always been really um, fascinated with outer space and, and cosmos and, and just the extent of our of our world outside of the earth and I think it always uh, that's what I associate the word sky or just looking at the sky with is what's beyond it um, there's something about just looking up especially at night if you can see the stars and the you know more than just the blue sky during the day that makes you realize how small you are it's as if you're standing in the outer space and looking back at yourself and it gives you this like bigger perspective and like almost like an out of body experience if I, if you say so you know if if I can say so but uh yeah it's this it's this way of looking at things from a different perspective that's kind of how I feel 
if I'm out and especially in the middle of somewhere that there's not a lot of um, light pollution and I can actually look up at night and there's just like just stillness and quietness to it that is quite calming and peaceful um, and then at the same time it's this just blanket that or this I guess shared um, ceiling that we're all living under and there's something I always think about how like I'm here underneath the same sky as somebody who's back home in Iran and somebody who's you know, on the other side of the world or in a different city and we're pretty much looking at the same view in different time zones and how it's a shared experience in a way it's something that like connects us all um, yeah I think that's 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 my thoughts um, I hope this was helpful <laughs> thank you for asking me to do this this um, sky means a lot to me especially in, in Farsi uh, in my my language and it's a quite a very it's a very poetic um, element um, especially in a lot of poetry in Iran there's there's a lot of references to the sky um, as this you know just metaphoric um, elements especially as like this backdrop or as as this expansive thing that is really beautiful the sky right now is the exact way that i think of it when i close my eyes and think about the sky It's around 8 p.m. on a summer night. So it's still pretty bright. And there's a little bit of fog, but it's not real fog. It's just summer fog. That makes everything a little bit out of focus and a little less crisp. that time of the day also in which all the sparrows are out. Ci sono tante rondini. This is my absolute favorite sky.
I think you can tell why. I wish you could see them. There are so many of them right now. So many. The sky is a window. At the beginning, it encourages serious childish questions like, why is the sunset red? It's because red is what's left after the atmosphere steals blue from white sunlight by scattering it in all directions. It's a sphere of light with clues about where we came from and where we're going. We can only see visible light, but if we could see microwaves, we'd notice the sky shine with the same color in every direction, same in the day as at night. It's a remnant from the Big Bang. It's the distorted thermal afterglow from when the entire 380,000-year-old baby universe was as hot as the surface of a star. But I always feel instantly and infinitely better the moment that I'm outside looking up at the sky. When I close my eyes and think of the sky, I often think about the journey of my ancestors and how they're currently watching me, proud of me or ashamed of me, maybe. And then I think about their journey and how much they've overcome just to even set foot in this country. Um, when I do push through a tough time, it's because of that journey and beyond. Uh, because if they existed, then I'm definitely here for an undeniable reason. Oh, so I'm just walking through some volcanoes that are dormant on land that has traditionally been stewarded by the Tiwa people, um, otherwise known as Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's very windy today. <laughs> um, the wind really just rolls through here because the, the land is, is stark in that gorgeous desert kind of way and, and the sky is... Oh, I've never been to a place where I've had a relationship to the sky like I do here. It's just so vast. Like, you can look in any direction, and the sky just keeps going, and it just keeps going. And there's something really liberating about, about this kind of land. Like, feeling just, like, so held, and also so fucking small in comparison to the sky. It's just, like... You know, it really feels like the sky has got me. Um, but not in a romantic way either. Not like uh, I'm the only important person in all the sky is here for me. It's just like I'm just one little tiny two-legged thing walking around underneath this massive <laughs> entity. Um, 
Yeah. I once did mushrooms um, uh, near Taos, near the Taos Pueblo, and the sky, like I, I saw massive beings in the sky, like massive like protectors and and massive spirits, like holding the sky, and and when I'm here land when I'm here underneath the sky like I feel that and I feel that relationship and I feel that protection and I feel that just like wildness and like you know that I can just like decenter myself and it doesn't have to matter I don't have to matter so much and and that feels liberating to me I think about the way that language shapes our perception of things because when I think of sky, I think of the word for sky in Chinese, which is tian. And tian is not just sky, it is also the heavens, but it is also the day. Today is jin tian, and tomorrow is ming tian. So it's today's sky, and tomorrow's sky, and yesterday's sky. And every marking of sky is the time in which we live. Um, and every marking of sky is the heavens above us. So it's a multifaceted meaning that all boils down to this one great constant across all of humanity, which is that each day is marked by what we see above us. <laughs>